0: Hello and welcome everyone to the latest Trust STFC podcast. I am sat with Mr. Sam Moorshead of The Mail Online. <laughs> Hello Will. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah. I'm very, very good. We're sat in a very nice pub actually. The Greyhound. The Greyhound in, in, in Kensington High Street. Um, which is a very nice pub. Um, and we're here to talk about Swindon. Yes. Yes. What a setting to talk about. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's got, yeah, I'm sure no one here knows anything about Swindon. Uh, <laughs> they're no. going to learn now. They're yeah, yeah. going
1: they
0: they to get here, shot over here, so They might get a lesson <laughs> on it. What, what is it like for you as a, a football writer over the summer? What do you sort of get up to? Is it quiet? Do you get a chance to go away or anything like that? Uh, you're talking about what now
1: or when, uh, mm. when you're involved in local journalism? Now or is um, it? Yeah, I mean, now it's. I mean, my role was very different to uh, the male to what it was in the advertiser and the total sport. So, um, I'm employed to cover whatever it needs covering on a day to day basis here, based in the office rather than being out and about. Sporting wise, sporting wise, yeah. Whereas in the summer, during my time in Swindon, when you're still responsible for filling a back page story every single day, well, there's only one real topic that the people want to read about: in Swindon Town. It's quite hard during, particularly during June, when the players are away on holiday. Not a lot of transfer stuff gets done. It, it can be a little bit of a, a grind I mean, when you're getting scrambling around at 7 or 8 o'clock in the evening trying to find some sort of back page story Then um, that can be a bit of a problem um, I think it's, it might be becoming a bit less and less the case now with online taking over and so you, you just break the news as and when you know it, but there's still something about that print that you want to get some sort of decent hard news on your back page yeah. for your own reputation as much for the papers so yeah that was uh those summers were, were long and difficult, although I'm sure many of my former colleagues will say that I conveniently managed to take two or three weeks off of <laughs> my annual leave in those periods, quite frequently, particularly when there were Olympic Games or World yeah. Cups. But when I was working, yeah. it was always uh, fun, but tough fun. Yeah. It, sounds,
0: yeah, it sounds bizarre, really, because you expect over the summer you have a bit of time off, you have it's more of a relaxed time
1: because you've got football every week, you're not going to press conference. So, you're saying it's harder for Well, I mean, it's harder to get the news, The lazy way of doing it every week is to just purely rely on those press conferences. Right. To be able to go out and find other stories what gives you that bit of an edge on arrival. Yeah. I, I always enjoyed trying to compete with the Beeb when there was more of a fair competition with them, um, when I was around, um, particularly in my early couple of seasons. Um, and there was always a bit of friendly rivalry between myself and Chris Wise chasing up leads who was going to get the story first and yeah it was I remember at the end of that period with Paolo and it all going absolutely crazy for eight weeks and, uh, I remember Wise and texting me to say this has uh, been a great great little battle and it was always a lot of fun and sort of saw each other through it so um, yeah I think that's part of the fun of being I've gone complete tangent here but that's no, no, part, no, no, part of the fun of, uh, of journalism mm-hmm. is, is getting the stories it's obviously you've got to be right getting the stories and getting them ahead of your rivals it's part of the competitiveness yeah. Yeah. footballers uh, have matches and we have back pages and yeah, yeah. it's Um so last time we spoke
0: was after the Charlton game for those of us who could actually be heard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we apologise for the yeah the sound difficulties we had during that, and I apologise if we had some sound difficulties during this as well. There is people. Cheers. Yeah, there are there are people. Uh, I've just had a coffee delivered right there in the middle of the recording, but yeah, there there are some people around the pub obviously. So sorry about any sound difficulties. The last time we spoke was after the Charlton game. It was. It's was a pretty dreadful game. It was dreadful. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but. A lot of a lot of happened since then. Luke Williams has gone. Mm. Um, Ross Anderson has gone. A lot of the playing staff have gone. And Tim Sherwood has gone. Although apparently he was never really there. And so. Tim, Sh- Tim Sherwood has gone. What, yeah. What can you tell us about that? What that? can I tell you about?
1: <laughs> I think everyone uh, can easily yeah. see what what's gone on there. He's trying to quickly backtrack out of what he was obviously a huge part of. He was taking training a couple of times a week he was bringing in his players told that he was in charge of everything and there's little to suggest that he wasn't in charge of everything um, so the fact that he immediately tries to remove his name from the history books the moment that he leaves is scandalous
0: it's cowardly especially after that big press conference in November where it was as the greatest signing the club has ever made almost yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I, I can understand why they tried to pull the PR on it, but you can't trust try and pull the PR to make it when things are going well, and then when it turns out not to work to pretend that it never happened. That's just dopey PR work. And, it, yeah, like I said, his, his part to play is perhaps the most unnecessary role that the club has ever had. So, we should forget about him, but we shouldn't let him completely forget about his part in that whole departure but we should, now we can move on and to be fair to the club and to the chairman there have been some positive signs in the last sort of week to 10 days um, and the communications that they've put out have been coordinated and they've been coherent and uh, Dave Flitcroft has come across very well in them so far so Let's try and look forwards and at least give them a start, give them a chance for, for pre-season in the first couple of months of the new season and see what kind of team he puts together and see whether the club can continue to be as proactive in their media output and their media relationships as they seem to be over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think the first test of that would be when something negative happens and the paper have to cover it because you know, that's their job. Um, and see whether they suddenly throw a straw and decide that no, we don't like you when we get negative coverage. Um, we we'll go back to how it was before. Yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. But uh, lots of things still to be seen.
0: Yeah. Well, we, we talked about the changes there, but the big change obviously is that we, we, yeah, we've brushed up, brushed through sort of Sherwood, but Dave Flipcroft as well coming in.
1: What is your opinion of him as a manager? Do you have any sort of knowledge well, of him beforehand? I no mean, as much knowledge as everyone else. I've not worked with him. I've not met him. Um, but his CV has a League 2 promotion on it, and, and that makes it a logical choice. It makes it much more logical than some of the other names that we've been rounded about. I like think Steve Evans would have been on a purely football point and a very good um, signing. But from what I'm told, it was just never likely to happen. He did it as a... Way too well, we can't say that for sure, yeah. but it, it does. It, it does it seem, seem like there was a lot yeah. of uh, uh, behind closed doors tinkering to help get his Mansfield budget a little bit bigger. And, and you know, everyone's kind of ended up with what they wanted. And so has still got a manager who's got lead to pedigree, and Mansfield has got a, their manager they wants to keep. And Steve Evans has got his uh, oodles and oodles of cash to go and spend on. Uh, a, the most ridiculous number of May transfer signings I think I've ever seen but, um, what we've got is a manager that's got a pedigree in the division it's quite pragmatic it's a sensible choice he won't play thrilling football but to be honest like we've discussed at Charles I don't care what kind of football he plays if he gets a man of that division he can be a hero in Town. Just talent he like, can win all the games 1-0 with a header from a corner and spend the rest of the time just kicking the ball in the air I don't care. But just get out of the division, um, and hopefully, hopefully it play some good football. But just, yeah. just, get out of the division first. Hey,
0: he, the rhetoric already coming from from Flipcroft is completely different to the kind of words that were said by Luke Williams and Lee Power. He does seem to be completely in control, which is so different to what we've had over the last few years. I and mean, already the signings that are coming in, you see a world away from even last season, even January. And
1: they're very different kinds of players who will stop on them. I mean, weren't going to get an experienced centre back,
0: a poor midfield and, and
1: now a striker who knows his way around lead Two to come in more likely to get these kids that are coming out of Chelsea. top Whichever Premier League club is the flavour of the month for Lee Power and Sherwood at the time. So uh, it is indicative of a club that is being run by its manager, especially its recruitment side of things, and I'm sure certainly will be on the playing side of things. I think it's been helped that Lee Power has got a second club that he's got to run as well. And, uh, Waterford seems to be getting most of his attention, so fair enough. We're letting a manager do what the manager can do. And he's brought in some players that no one really knows a huge amount about, but that everyone sort of remembers seeing play and knows that they've been doing a job at that level. Fine. If they combine and they work well together, that's where right, they're going. We've got to give it a couple of months to, to see how it all makes in. But encouraging, so it yeah. 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 They seem pretty
0: decent to who lower end League 1 players yeah, decent yeah, really League, League 2 players too.
1: yeah and you look at their CVs and that's what the clubs they've got, they've got you know, teams that sort of either yo-yo or have spent a little bit of time in League 2 and been back in League 1 and I, I don't think that anyone can really moan so far they can be slightly under the way because yeah. they're not you know they're not Either these young kids that you might have heard of, if you're you know, experienced and something about it, Chelsea Academy, exactly. who like are not that, and they're also not the kind of players that, for instance, Paolo was buying in the league one season because his money wasn't. There. And, you know, although we still finally have one of the bigger budgets in the league, Fair play. Yes. Um, so I don't know. I, well, I think, think that people it. should give them a chance, as we should do most beginnings of the season. And so far, I think it's been encouraging enough to let them do it.
0: Yeah, so the, the signings that we've made, after January and what Sherwood said about the signings made, we we need to find experience. Why do you think that there weren't experienced players signed then? Because we, in the first three weeks of the transfer window, we've signed three pretty experienced players. Yeah. And that's what we've been crying out for <laughs> since we knew that after you know, 10 minutes into the, the game at, at Wembley, as mm-hmm. soon as Nathan Thompson went off, we had no one leading at the back.
1: Mm-hmm. Why hasn't someone been signed in the last
0: three years mm-hmm. that can sort of add some steel
1: to that? Well, they've been trying to go with a certain model and it stopped working. I think it's as simple as that. So There's not a huge amount of resale value in Chris oh, Roberts. Yeah. James Gunn. Yeah. It might be Mullet, though, I don't know. But, but what, what players have been brought in now doesn't seem to be with the aim of bringing them on for a year, two years, making, getting them to make an impression and then selling them on. I can't imagine anyone paying... Kenny for Chris for the rest of his career, and that's no that's no slight on him. It's just, that's not the kind of player that they get. So that suggests an immediate change of financial model, which does back up the idea that there might be a little bit more money behind it. But we'll wait and see. He's got to sign another five, six, seven players yet. So um, I think previously it was just a case of bringing in they can have an immediate impact, we'll sell them on and that's how we'll keep it sustainable if he's not going to do it that way then there's, there's got to be finances in place to be able to cater for the fact that they're not making any money on players um, so we'll see, we'll see whether they manage to bring some of the kids through as well I mean, there's some decent youngsters in, from the under 18 which could come through if they're not snapped up by another club um, maybe they'll end up selling them there's Lawrence Vigory who could still go get a uh, bit of money as well. Uh, but there's not much else. If you look through it, there's not a lot of value in the squad. There aren't any assets at uh, Very different two years ago. So I think by definition that makes your player recruitment change. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he brings in. I'm excited to see what kind of squad he puts together and, uh, and how they play.
0: I see, uh, after these signings and, and flip-flop coming in, do you think it is a definite departure
1: away from the so-called Swindon Way? I don't think there ever was a Swindon Way. There was, a, there was one season of Swindon Way, if you want to call it that. And they got the, the second half, sorry, season's worth, not the entire season, but the second half of 2013 or 14, the first half of 2014 or 15, up until around about Christmas, where they played some pretty scintillating stuff. And it all clicked, and, yeah. say, oh, and all the players were fit, yeah. and, and everyone was happy, and there was momentum, and it just made sense. But apart from that period, I mean, the, what was the Swindon way? It was, just a, it was a, a phrase that was convenient to follow, because it sounded quite cool. I mean, people say the same thing about the West Ham way. You know, Sam Allardyce was always slated for not playing the West Ham way. No one really knows what the West Town um, way was, no one really knows what the Swindon way was. I think it was a. quite a convenient little um, soundbite, little tagline. But um, I'm glad if we can move away from it now, because I'd much rather play the winning way than the swimming way. We'll see what, we'll see what happens then.
0: And with the departure of Nathan Thompson, and now Branco to Portugal... Mm.
1: That's a hell of a move? Yeah, that
0: that's fun. incredible. 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 Yeah, who's, who's his agent? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's done well. <laughs> but who, do you, who do you see as the natural leader in that side now? Coming in,
1: Robertson? Oh, I don't know. I don't know those players well enough. Um, I think they'll probably have to wait a little while to find out who he's got. I would suggest that he's going to make a captain one of his one of the new one that comes in. I can't. The top of my head I couldn't think of someone who would, who would immediately step up to, to captain that team that's been left over and none, none of them really make sense as captain. So yeah I would, su- I would suggest that he's got someone in mind that he's probably bringing in perhaps purely to be a, the leader. Uh, it might be that Robinson is the case. I, don't, I don't know what his leadership qualities are done as uh, so whether it could be either or down I don't know but yeah, he's got to bring in one or two but the fact that he's bringing in 27, 25 or We've got that experience. That's the kind of thing you need to do, particularly when you're playing in League 2. So... Yeah, we'll see. I, again, I think it'll be one of these signings will get the, the captaincy. Um, whether it's that important, I don't think the captain is that important. I think you need you need leaders amongst a group of men, but not the title captain is it's not really all that relevant. It's just there for a, for, a, for a toss and to be the one person who's meant to talk to the referee. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. That's it. Yeah. Do you think the foundations have been laid? Potentially, what we've seen so far, the signings we've made so far, how Croft speaks in the, to the press. Do you think the foundations have been laid for promotion this season? Well, it's
1: obviously the target. That's the target that he's been given. That's the target you have been given. I think anything, anything outside the top seven finish would be considered a dismal failure for this club. That doesn't mean that they have to get promoted. They must finish but they must have given themselves the chance to get promoted. Um, It's just the obvious target, isn't it? You couldn't do anything else. And he's gone out and said that he's got a reasonably-sized budget. And if you've got a reasonably-sized budget with a pretty large band base for that division, and genuinely one of the bigger clubs in that position, then, yeah, they they have to be. They're challenging. And if they're not, then... There's something seriously that's gone wrong somewhere along that, whether that's what players have been allowed to sign, what wages they've been to get them in, the style of football, whatever. But I don't want to start predicting failure. Or, no, no. Uh, if they don't go up, I don't think it's that big a deal necessarily, say that with a pinch of salt, yeah. as long as they've made it to so. yeah. And as long as there is some sort of progression yeah. from. It happened last year progress really, yeah. isn't it, from yeah. last year yeah. 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 This is, As I said before, play whatever football he needs to play Just get out yeah. of that position Play those 46 matches, pretend this year never happened And go back to playing in League One Where the club historically belongs Let's hope hoping that, that can
0: happen And what's the latest with moving off the football mm. side of things? What's
1: the latest with the stadium? So it's much the same I wouldn't call it in a pass because it's there's still been discussions going on behind the scenes um, between the senior figures in the trust and senior figures in the council. Uh, the trust has some very reputable, very professional people discussing this um, the potential purchase of the freehold. Uh, people like James Phipps and Rob Angus, um, and they've been working on various elements of it, um, potential funding models, um, discussions with possible large-scale. Um, donors and it's a case of getting everything in place before it can be formally presented to the fan base. And we also have to effectively agree on the price before that can be presented and then fundraising can can happen. So things are still moving, but it's not a process that moves at the speed of the same bolt. It's more the speed of me over 100 metres than it's the bolt. uh, It'll be... We hope to make some sort of announcement before the end of this year. Hopefully well before the end of this year. But that relies on various discussions taking place and being brought to a successful conclusion too. But rest assured that that still remains the number one priority of uh, Trust STFC at the moment, is to purchase the And We are continuing to do all we can to, to make that happen.
0: And you mentioned the wealthy, wealthy sort of donors, to the, is, that, is that individual companies that are interested in sponsorship or is that individual, wealthy individuals? That there, are, to...
1: there, there, are, there are companies that have been discussed over various different kinds of, of models that might be used for funding, but I mean, there are also individuals that we'd also look to, to potentially help. People who are associated with Swindon and Swindon Town, who, who historically have got the club close to their heart, right? Um, it, all options are being explored to try and raise what, whatever way we look at it, whatever figure it comes to, it's going to be a significant amount of money that's going to have to be raised. Um, it could be anything between one point one million and pushing two million. It has to be a deal that's right for, for Swindon Town and it has to be a deal that's right for the town of Swindon as well
0: Buying my taxpayer
1: asset. Yeah. So um, it has to be fair uh, and that's what we're hoping to get across to the people of Swindon soon uh, is that we are being conscious about the deal for, for those who aren't football fans because we can easily forget yeah. that sometimes that there are fans, fans as non-football fans. <laughs> at and what's the general sort of feedback from
0: those people that aren't fans? The fans that seen. Behind it, what what the people that aren't fans? Yeah, I
1: mean, I think there are some who don't understand why the council would want to to sell that. So it's fairly lucrative um, real estate in a way. Uh, Not that it could be used for anything else, Um, but I can understand why people would look at it and say, "Why are you trying to sell that?" If they if they feel that it's on the cheap. As a trust, we believe that we have been talking about fair fair figures. figures that are right for the for the state that it's in and what needs doing to it, of course. But we can understand that residents don't really get why the council wants to sell, and that's what we've got to try and get over to them, and that's what we hope to do in the coming weeks, to put across the message that this is the project that we hope can benefit not just those 7,000 that currently go every week, but can hopefully benefit a huge generation, uh, a next generation of, of Swindon kids, and the generation after that and after that, because it relies on the people who' Swindon to make that club operate properly. Um, because without them, there, would, there wouldn't be an income, there wouldn't be revenue streams. And unlike when you get to the Premier League, where you can rely on yeah, bands all around the world and TV rights deals, terrible. marketing um, just that. deals, this it's is so very like different. Like so it needs yeah. the people who to get in <laughs> high up. Um, yeah I think that there are going to be those who don't understand it, both fans and non-fans, I think there are some supporters who see it as a bit of a waste of money but we hope to be able to win them over and all we ask is that they give us a chance to prove why it is a good deal for the fans a we'll good deal for the town and a good deal for the club So, fingers crossed that it goes through but as soon as we have more news it will be available on uh, on TrustSDSC.tv and on the local news outlets and have been very good with us so far in the way in which they've helped uh, spread our message. So um, I imagine that there will be some more coverage of that in the not too distant future. Are you going to be able to go to any preseason games? I know no, they haven't been in, announced,
0: but will you you going to any preseason all sort of games at the beginning of the season? I uh,
1: I won't be going to any games at the beginning of the season because I get married on the opening day and then um, I've got honeymoon for two months. So, uh, two months? I wish two it was two months. months. Yeah, I, I really wish it was two that months. I would have been uh, yeah, that would for, be lovely. Two, for two weeks. weeks I two weeks, yeah. 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 Um, Where are you going? I'm going to Sicily Amazing Yeah Amazing Can yes. you go and watch any football in Sicily? Well, we, I'm waiting to find out where the, well, Yeah, Palermo right? We're flying in and out of Palermo And uh, I'm hoping maybe the, the, last, the last day of the holiday On the 19th of August is the uh, first day of the season Brilliant I don't know whether that's the case yet So I'm keeping my fingers crossed yes. And the Palermo at home and uh, Miss Moorhead remembers, yes. uh, remembers that she's already agreed to this it <laughs> was after half a bottle of wine but she has already agreed to it. So oh it would be great it's great, oh, to do. Be something
0: to mem- remember all her life yes all her life yeah. certainly. <laughs> um, so what are you up to for the rest of the day Rest of today I, I you, you're back to work I should be going back you.
1: into the office behind yeah. us and uh, finishing off um, whatever work it is that I need to get through until great. go home at four o'clock great um, um, yes not, not hugely exciting then I'll be back to spreadsheets and admin and budgets and getting car parking for the hotel and the airport and you're talking about wedding planning yeah it's fun for a while but it's now been nine months that's a whole football season's worth of wedding. That is, that is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for uh, my, You're ready for my the the lovely day to come. Break. Yeah, of
0: course. Yeah. Well, Sam, it's great to speak to you. And hopefully, you can sort something out for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we'll, we'll see you again soon. Nice one. Goodbye.